From afar, Iran may seem like such a dark country, at odds with the world and closed to the gospel. What is it that could change that nation? Dr. Hormoz Shariat says things in Iran would change dramatically if the estimated 2 million believers there began boldly living out their faith in Christ. Just imagine, they're in their homes. Maybe a few hundred in jail, but most of them are in their homes, doing nothing, afraid. Maybe they read their Bible, maybe they watch television just, just to survive. Now, what would happen if you and I join, equip two to three million believers to be activated for Christ? Iran will be changed. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and I'm in our studio here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Dr. Hormoz Shariat. Uh, if you are a longtime VOM Radio listener, you will be familiar with that name. Dr. Hormoz has been with us before. He is the president and the founder of Iran Alive Ministries, uh, one of our partners that is broadcasting the gospel into Iran every single day. Their website, if you want to learn more about them, iranaliveministries.org. Dr. Hormoz, welcome back to VOM Radio. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for inviting me back. There's so much happening, I want to <laughs> say. <Yeah. laughs> there is a lot yeah. happening. You know, we have just come through a season of protests inside Iran, even made our news here in the United States. People all over Iran taking to the streets, marching in, in the way our news told the story, marching against their government. Tell us. Kind of give us some background, help us to understand what was going on and why it's so significant. Well, this was a, a new movement. I know in 2009 there was riots or or demonstrations, but it's so different. It's this deeper and wider. In 2009, it was just Tehran. It was mostly the intellectuals, the the young people, educated, who were on streets. And what they were saying is, where is my vote? <laughs> because it was a fraud in right. election. But this time, it's all over Iran. Actually, it started outside Tehran. It started in small towns. And they were not saying, where is my vote? They were saying, where is my bread? So it was the desperation. I, I, I want to give it a right picture. When we, I talk about demonstrations in Iran, you may have this picture of the West. Like, you go on streets and you talk about your views, what you're for, what you're against. And then you go home. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. They know going on streets, they could be killed. But just imagine the depth of the desperation and hopelessness and the pressure of economy that causes them saying, if I die, I die. What, what do I have? I have nothing. So let me go at least voice my views and my pain. Actually, it wasn't just a the view. They were voicing their pain. And if I die, I die. This is not a life anyway that I want. And what I try to help people understand here in the United States is uh, the government in Iran is Islam. It's the mullahs. So if you're marching on the streets saying the government is not working, what you're really saying is Islam is not working. 
absolutely true. And uh, Iranian people have come to a conclusion, and it wasn't overnight, that Islam is not our answer. Islam is the root of our problems. And and we need to get rid of it. That, that's that's new. That's huge. You know, yeah. it was rejection of Islam has been there for a few years, but now what's new is we need to get rid of Islam if you want to have a have a future. You're absolutely right. Uh, over the years, for the first few years, the first decade, what they were saying, uh, well, Islam is good. It's just the government has some problems. But now they have come to a conclusion after years that saying, oh, th- this government truly did implement Islam. So our problem is not just the government in Islam itself. Some of the motives, some of the things they were saying on streets were against the government, against the leadership, and some of them were against Islam itself. You know, they were chanting many slogans, and some of it was against Islam, which is very new. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Hormoz Shariat. He is the president and founder of Iran Alive Ministries. Dr. Hormoz, I know that during the protests, you guys did live broadcasts every day into Iran, noontime here in America, evening primetime in Iran, all over the country, into the surrounding countries— There were two messages that you talked about. You had a message first for Christians during the protest. What was that? What were you trying to communicate to our brothers and sisters who were there living in the midst of this upheaval in the streets? First of all, when things like that come up, we Christians, we need to step in. That's the best time to talk about Christian values, the biblical view of things. It's the best time for teaching, both Christians and non-Christians. So that's why we we got in. Uh, For Christians, they were confused. Just know that two or three million believers in Iran, most of them are new believers. Most of them don't even have a Bible. Most of them don't know what they should act, how they should act when things like, like this come up. They're, they're very confused. Should we go on the streets and, and help these demonstrators? Should we go and shout death to Khamenei, the, the president, the supreme leader? Or should we just stay home and just pray? So there was a lot of confusion. We took that time not just talk to Christians, but also evangelize the non-Christians. And I think our, our listeners need to understand, like you say, so many Christians, but so many brand new Christians, not necessarily plugged into a church. You're their pastor. I, I mean, they call you Pastor well, that's Hormoz. That's an honor. Because... Oh, my gosh. You, you, you're just touching my heart <laughs> with burdens because that's a responsibility. I feel that's I have a big responsibility. And it's not a self-proclamation that I am the pastor of Iran. You know, uh, God gracefully has positioned us. And just a recent survey, just three months ago, independent survey of Iran, they surveyed the viewership of satellite in Iran, and they came up. No connection with us. I mean, they said we have no connection with anybody. Uh, And they put us, the Iran Alive satellite channel, as the most watched Christian channel in Iran, more than double than the second Christian channel. And among all all channels, all channels, this is MTVs, movie channels, sport channels, we were number six in Iran. Wow. With 7.7% of the people of Iran saying, this is our favorite channel, and we watch it regularly. And that translates about 6 million faithful viewers. And when I hear that, 
I feel burdened. I say, God, you, you're saying there are people out there who are watching us, not just watching us for entertainment. They're connected. And as you said, they're calling me their pastor. Right. I feel burdened. Please pray for me. Yeah. I, I feel, God, what an honor, but also a responsibility. A, yeah, and, and a huge job. But praise the Lord. I mean, how cool is that, that they are tuning into Christian television? But like you say, these young Christians in a situation like the protest— they're calling you as their pastor to say, Pastor, how are we supposed to respond to this? What are we supposed to do with this? And so you get that opportunity. The other message, though, was not just to Christians, but to Muslims who are watching. What was your message to them as these mostly Muslims in the streets marching against the government and against Islam? Uh, the reason we went on the air was three, three reasons. We said, we got to be in there. Otherwise, if we are not, is a big loss. If we are there, is a big gain. If we are not there, people say, oh, these people talk about nice things every day. But now we are in trouble. They're quiet. So Christianity is, doesn't really relate to our daily life. It's just a theory. It's just something they say. But bringing those broadcasts gave them a message that God cares for your life. God has a practical solutions to your lives. So there were three things. One, I wanted to give them a message. God knows and we know what you're going through. Okay, we know. So we Christians are not blinded. We, we're just sit, not sitting back. We know what's happening in this society. And God knows also. Number two, God cares and we care. And that's why we are, we are there every day. We have a heart for your suffering. And God has a heart for suffering. And number three, God has a plan, and we have a plan. So God wants you to do something. God wants us Christians to be salt and light. And if you're a non-Christian, God has a hope and a solution for you. Now, an amazing thing, amazing opportunity. You know why they were on the streets? Total hopelessness and a desire for change. And they had none of them, neither of them. No hope and no change. Now, who is the author of change? <laughs> who is the source of our hope? A true hope, right. a true change. So it, it's a great opportunity to bring Jesus as the only hope and the only source of change. And this is not an empty thing. Right. I mean, when I say that, it's so full. It, it's real. It's real. Jesus is real for them. When we talk about change, it's a personal change. And when they look at around them, when they talk about change, I can see my brother came to Christ and he's transformed. My cousin came to Christ and he's free from addiction. So when we talk about change, it's real for them. And the hope is real for them. By God's grace, this is God's design. Iranian people have no hope. No hope in the government. But God graciously has removed all all human leadership. So there is nobody else, a human being outside the government that people of Iran falsely put their hope in. They say, oh, right. let's, let's gather around this person and this political figure, and he may do something for us. None. There's nobody like that. None even in the opposition. There is a vacuum there. Government is, doesn't give him hope, and nobody else. So this, in this darkness, Jesus is shining. He's the hope. He's shining. <laughs> well, and I, you know, you mentioned the people marching in the streets who say, "Well, if they kill me, that's no big deal because I don't have anything to live for anyway." 
Right. And then you speak that hope and say, wait a minute, you you do have something to live for. Jesus is somebody you can live for. What was some of the response you heard? Because I know you have a call center, you have phone calls coming in from Iran, from Christians, from Muslims. What was some of the response during these live broadcasts? From Christians, I saw them stepping out and becoming the salt and the light. We guided them. We told them, you go on streets. If you, if you, you're, you don't have to, but you have to have it in you. In, in Christianity, we don't have this. All of you do the same. Right. All of you go out or all of you pray. Do as the Lord puts on your heart. But going out is not against the Lord. You have to be present to be a salt and light. But when you go out, don't shout death to this, death to death. We Christians, we don't ever say death to anything because we are an army of life. We speak life. We don't speak death. So when you go, don't participate in that part. Actually, tell them, let's pray for our leadership. They they need God as we as much as we do. So they were there, and we got many testimonies of how God used them. And they, uh, they were led, some of them. Some of them said, this is what I was led. I took some food and refreshment and drinks in my car, and I would go and help the demonstrators, just serve them in the name of Jesus. Especially, many of them were there. They had nothing else to do. They were there all day. By the end of the night, they were hungry. They were tired. They had to go home, and I would give them a ride. I had food in my uh, car. And as I was taking them back, I would share the gospel. And they reported salvation. One of them was saying, I was taking this young man back, and he said, I live in a dorm at a university. I'm afraid to go back because they may raid and, and arrest us tonight because we were on the street. So he said, I will come, come and stay with me. I said, okay. Uh, he said, I took the student in my home, and I fed him, and we turned on to your channel, and he was watching it at the end. He prayed with me to receive wow. Christ. So, uh, Praise they, the Lord. Yeah, this, these are the opportunities for Christians to be truly salt and light. And I think for our listeners, there there's a mindset there that is different from what most of us have. Like like you say, most of us are like, okay, you know, there's trouble in the streets. We're going to stay home and lock our doors instead of, oh, there's trouble. What a great opportunity to go out and share the gospel. How do you inspire Christians to have that mindset of seeing everything that's going on, whether it's good or bad, as this is an opportunity? Well, we give them uh, the Lord's point of view, which is uh, always God uses all things for our good. And we give them hints. For example, uh, this movement, for the most part, has died and may die totally. But one point I share on, on the air is this. This movement has done what it had to do. For example, Iranian people were deceived by the government for the last 20 years by this a scripted play of moderate. You know, they bring this moderate, <laughs> so-called moderate <laughs> candidate to keep him busy for another 10, 20 years. Give him a little bit of hope. Oh, if I vote for this moderate, maybe things will get better. But now, and they've done that for the last 20 years. I, when you talk about moderates, and there was a, a speaker here at VOM that showed us a picture of what a moderate is. And the first picture he showed was a lady with a head covering that covered all her hair. 
And then he said, okay, and now this is a moderate lady. And the, the head covering was like an inch up and had an inch of hair showing. He said, okay, that's a moderate. Like you say, there's no there's no real difference, but they've had that charade of, oh, no, this is a moderate. We're going to modernize what we're doing here. And exactly. the people they lose give faith them a little bit that. false hope. Maybe a moderate will come and you can show more of your hair. But <laughs> <laughs> they've passed that. Now they will not be deceived with that script play, but but they may be deceived in other ways. But so it's a step forward. The government, they have lost all hope, all hope in the government. So another moderate, they're not going to play that game anymore. They're not going to cooperate with the government with no matter who they can, their candidates is. They're done with that. So that's a step forward. So all of the promise of the revolution of 1979 has evaporated. There, there's nothing left. The people on the street say, nope, that doesn't work. That didn't do anything for us. No, no promise was done. Actually, it's a funny thing. It's a movement inside Iran, and it's a movement among the young people who were born after revolution. This is the movement. They saying, before revolution, Iran was good. Wow. Shah was a hero. Can you believe it? Shah is emerging among the young people as a national hero. They're looking at him as he was good. And they, the young people are mad at their parents. Why did you do this to us? <laughs> Why, were you crazy to do a revolution and bring Islam here? I mean, so uh, Iranian population has stepped away from Islam, but they want more of a secular government, just like Shah. That's their ideal. If there was a referendum, if it was a free election in Iran, majority of Iranians would vote for a democracy American style. By the way, they love America. America is their hero. The culture, the politics, anything American, they want to copy. Wow. So Iran will be like America in, in a democracy way. Yeah. When you have your nightly time with the Iranian people, you're talking to them. Really, you're their church. You're their pastor, like we talked about. What are some of the, the themes that you really speak on often to particularly to believers in Iran, because these are believers who face incredible challenges, uh, being arrested, being beaten, being heavily persecuted. How do you strengthen them to go through that and, and be victorious in the midst of that? I'm, I'm defining Christianity to them in a more complete way from even before they come to Christ. So one of the joys this last year of my life is the callers who call us. Their testimony is different. Let me share with you how it is different. And because of our ministry and what we teach them about what Christianity is. In the past few years, uh, people would call and, okay, give me your testimony. They said, okay, I was lost and this and that and that. And then I heard the gospel and Jesus, Jesus saved me. Now I have joy and I have peace. End of testimony. My greatest joy is the last year, almost every caller, they say, I came to Christ. This is what happened. I came to Jesus. And then they start telling us how they shared their faith, how they're impacting the peoples around them. And that's because of our teaching. You say what we teach believers, we teach even non-believers before they come to Christ. And a picture of Christianity, Christianity is to receive a blessing 
and be a blessing. That come together. We don't separate those. We don't say God loves you, wants to save you. That's half of the gospel. The other half is that you have to be good news to others. God changes you, so you become an agent of change. Actually, that's a part of a short teaching that God wants all of us to be transformed, and he wants all of us to be agents of transformation. That's instilled. That idea is instilled in them. So going out sharing the gospel with their friends and family, and being an example, not just sharing, being, loving the people around them and bringing other people around them to the salvation is a part of our message. That's what we teach Christians. But that also makes them a target, because if you're out sharing the gospel, pretty soon someone's going to say, wait a minute, you used to be a Muslim, now you're a Christian. That's You're an apostate. we got to deal with this. So how do you get them ready to say, yes, I might be persecuted, but this is still what God called me to do. This is what it means to follow Christ. Yeah, we teach them about persecution uh, in the Bible. I don't talk about much about it because God already has worked in their hearts. Many of them tell Amen. me, if I come to Christ, I, I am ready to pay a price. I don't have to convince them. They have come from darkness to light. You know, when you come to, from darkness to light, you appreciate the light even more. It's hard to explain it in America. We live in a comfortable society, even Though many are not Christians, the values in America, the, the society, Christian yeah. values are here. But when you come from Islam and you find Jesus as this is my life and I don't mind living for him or dying for him. But on the other hand, we teach him about persecution. Pers with, with the gospel, we teach that persecution is a part of the gospel. It's, it's normal. You read in the Bible. And, and it's honor. Jesus says, be joyful, jump with joy when you're persecuted because of my name. So with a little bit of teaching, it's already in them. You don't have to right. really convince them about persecution. Just to be, with a little bit of teaching, they're there. They they're will ready. stand for Christ. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Hormoz Shariat. He is the president and founder of Iran Alive Ministries. Again, their website is iranaliveministries.org. Dr. Hormoz, as we finish up, we, we always try to equip our listeners to pray. We've talked about some of the turmoil that's going on in Iran, but we've also talked about the incredible openness for the gospel. How would you advise us to pray for Iran right now during, during this season in, in the history of Iran? The, the Lord is already working there. My, my prayer is, and my burden right now, is the church be strong. House churches are few. The house church leaders are in jail. So the normal, a normal Christian in Iran, isolated in their home, prisoners in their home, and, and fearful. So number one, pray for those Christians. And as we are serving them, to equip them, to encourage them, to mobilize them, to empower them to be who God wants them to be. That, that's our goal. Pray for the church in Iran. If two million, just imagine, two to three million believers in Iran, they're in their homes. Maybe a few hundred in jail, but most of them are in their homes doing nothing, afraid. Now, what would happen if you and I join with Iran Alive? What would happen if we all join, equip two to three million believers to be activated for Christ, serving, loving, giving financially? Iran will be changed. That's an army. It's an army of love, army of good news, army of hope, and send them out. They're going to impact Iran. 
you mentioned the website. I appreciate that. But we have put a simpler way. The simpler way is just to text a word to a number. That, that's the best and simpler way. If you text the word Iran, I-R-A-N, the word Iran, text it to this number, 74784. So let's be in touch and join together. Iran is ready for transformation. And once Iran is saved, the whole Middle East will be impacted. Amen. I would encourage you to do that. Connect with Iran Alive Ministries. And this week especially, I, I want to challenge you to pray specifically for our brothers and sisters in Iran, uh, that God will encourage them and strengthen them and mobilize them for ministry. And like Hormoz talked about, that army of hope marching forward in Iran, we want to pray that God will enable and empower our brothers and sisters there to be that army and to change that nation for eternity. So this week, spend some time praying specifically for the nation of Iran and for the church there. Next week, we're going to hear from a guest who has a bold goal to share the gospel to 500 unreached people groups by 2020. Find out more and hear how you can get involved next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.